Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So, Caleb, we got very, very big news at the BAFTA Awards. We did? We did. Well, like I mean, us, I guess... Us personally? I think, I think it was directed to us personally. I, if uh-huh. I recall correctly, they were like... This this is only for Michael and Caleb, but other people can enjoy this this announcement as well, I suppose, if that's no. a thing you're into. Well, then I guess we should probably go ahead and share it with the people, our our, our special news. Our special news. So uh, it was announced directly to us uh, that we now know the, the new Doctor Who, the 14th Doctor, uh, who is going to be played by none other than Shuti Gatwa, uh, who uh, is plays Eric on Sex Education, which is a fantabulous show. We've talked just about it before. A wonderful show. A just phenomenal, remarkable young actor, although not as young as we all thought, apparently. <laughs> no, I, we were talking like a lot of people were like, he's going to be the youngest Doctor Who that's ever been. And it was like, but uh, so uh, Shuti is actually 29, whereas Matt Smith was 25 when he started, uh, when he was cast as the doctor. So uh, uh, Shuti has got him by about four years. So, and, and so I, I think a lot of people are, are confused because he plays a high schooler in sex education. And yep. uh, unlike Casper Van Dien, he, he does it believably. <laughs> uh, but y'all have to keep in mind that he plays alongside uh, Asa Butterfield, who is at least 58. Uh, at least minimum. <laughs> so it seems so also much- look, you know, passive passes as a high schooler, just fine. But he's at least fifty eight. Yeah. I think he's in his sixties, if we're being honest. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he definitely. I, I feel like I grew up with him, and we're forty. So like, he's got to be at least forty. I am. You know, I'm actually going to find out how old Asa Butterfield is because. But uh, he looks so young. He I mean, like a, he he's he's like perpetual baby face. You know, he is twenty five. <laughs> he is twenty five. <laughs> Okay, so he is kind of young. But <laughs> I, I think it's just because Asa Butterfield has been in so many things yes. that it's like you feel like he has been there forever, you know? Yeah. And like he you know, he came on the scene as a youth, uh, and now we've we've seen him started to to take on more uh for lack of a better term, grown up roles. And yeah, it just feels like he's been around for a long time. And it turns out he really hasn't. I mean, I I guess in the grand scheme of things, none of us have been around for a long time. In a large enough timeline, everyone's survival rate drops to zero. We're, <laughs> we're quoting uh, Chuck Palahniuk here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, so I think this Doctor Who news is absolutely exciting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I have been very vocal and, and, you know, Caleb, I know you've been very vocal that, um, we love Jodie Whittaker to death. Mm-hmm. I freaking love, uh, Yaz. Uh, you know, I, I didn't mind Graham and Ryan. I think Graham was a stronger companion than, than Ryan, but they worked yeah. really well as a pair. And yeah. you know what, to be honest, I didn't like Ryan at first because, he was one of those characters that was written as just stubborn. And he was mm-hmm. just kind of like, I don't want to do this. And this is, that doesn't make sense. And this is this. And just kind of was so frustrating as a character to be like, dude, just go with the flow like a little bit. Like it just felt like he was just constantly fighting, fight like the character was just constantly fighting everything. But towards the end, like his last couple episodes, like his last like stretch of episodes, I kind of was like, oh, I, I like Ryan. I do, I do like Ryan. It um, almost felt for a while like he was written to be a much more temporary character than he was. Yeah. Like he, like he was never going to last more than a handful of episodes or like a season at most. And then they kept him around. That's uh, kind of how I felt about Graham at first. Yeah, I was like, well, same. there's no way he's going to stay around. Like it's just going to be, you know, because they also in the beginning uh, of Jodie Whittaker's seasons kind of made it seem like Ryan and Yaz were going to get together because mm-hmm. um, they did a couple episodes where it was like, oh, is this? Is this your boyfriend? Is this your girlfriend? You know, and I was like, oh, interesting. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm fine with another Amy Rory type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much am happy that it ended up being a Yaz and the Doctor thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've got one more episode left, and I swear to fucking God, they better kiss. Or I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. So, so mad. Um, now, yeah. The the one concern that I do have with, with Shruti taking on the, the mantle of the Doctor, and I think you know where I'm going with this, Still not a ginger. Still not ginger. I know. <laughs> Such a shame. <laughs> I saw somebody online say, like, do you think they'll like the color of uh, his kidneys? <laughs> My kidneys. I don't like the color. Uh, um, that's a very Capaldi uh, thing, but yeah. Although the, the, the press photo that they released do, does have him with uh, bleach blonde hair, which gives the possibility that they could decide to dye his hair red. They could, yeah. So, I mean, I'm fine with Alt Ginger. Uh, I mean, you know, his his first episode, though. So the next, the next new Doctor Who episode is going to be the New Year special um, at the end of uh, 2022, which will be the episode in which uh, Jodie Whittaker uh, regenerates. Mm-hmm. But and then that basically, once that episode ends, Russell T Davies takes back uh, uh, takes over the show uh, from Chris Chibnall, and then we go on. But we don't get our next new episode until the New Year, as far as of what we know right now, is the New Year's episode of 2023 to 2024. So it's a long time before we're going to see Shuti Gawa in the Doctor role. Sometimes I think that, like, they they take entirely too long with seasons of this show and, like, have these, like, super lengthy gaps in between. But then I remember that this show has been on the air for decades, literally decades, uh, for, like... More than half a century there has been Doctor Who on television. And you know what? We've waited before. We can wait again. We can wait again. Right. I I, I back that. You know, I, I love... I would love to be less of a gap between episodes. I feel like, uh, you know, with the Russell... Um, you know, with Russell T. Davies or RTD, 
that the episodes probably doing? the seasons will probably be a little closer together since that's how they were in the beginning. Uh, but it was pretty much like every year for the first. I mean, geez, up until uh, up until just after Matt Smith episode, you know, seasons were pretty much yearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that uh, they they have and Russell, you know, RTD has gone on record as saying that he wants this season or his uh, seasons to feel more cinematic. Okay. Um, where he wants more of a larger Doctor Who universe, and he wants it. He basically, you know, he made the comparison, but not in the. He made the comparison in terms of scope, but not in terms of anything else, uh, saying like he wanted something to the scope of and the size of like MC of the MCU, oh. which I think is really interesting, that you know, where he's like wanting to do, you know, movies that tie into the show and, you know, and Doctor Who has had spinoff series for a while, but none of them, I, I say, I would say aside from Torchwood, I don't think any of them have lasted longer than like two seasons. I don't even remember any of them. I know that they've existed. And honestly, like, I, I was excited about Torchwood uh, when I started watching it. I don't think that it really executed on the potential of that storyline yeah. very well. I yeah, just don't it, think it did. The first couple of seasons are really good, and it kind of tapers off after a while. And you get your every so often, you know, good episode. Yeah, but there was like, you know, there's, um, what was the spinoff one about the school that they did that happened during the Capaldi era? And Capaldi was on the first episode of that. I don't um, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Ash Street something or other. I forgot what it was, but they only had like a season because it was <laughs> bad. Um, you know, and they've had like, you know, I know Sarah Jane Chronicles and oh, you know, yep, all their yep. stuff. Um, but I, I think where the spinoffs are really getting their their largest audience is their audio ones, their audio only ones. True. Because they've been expanding a lot on that. Like uh David Tennant's back doing some episodes. Matt Smith came back, did some. There was a whole one with just Rose. Uh, there was uh, ones that were just Martha uh, for a while. So I like that's where it's at. I think they did some some goofy shit uh, early on during COVID lockdowns with some, like uh, like you know, getting all the doctors together for a caper, but using like clips for the the guys who are no longer with us. Yeah, uh, or like possibly like new voice actors, but uh, like. Just really interesting, clever, like, ah, fuck, we're at home, we're bored, we're out of work, what do we do? Like, what do, let's, we do? Let's, I don't know, let's edit let's, a bunch of clips together. Let's put together a Doctor Who adventure. Uh, you know, and, and, and that shit works. And I, I think uh, we, we've we seen over the last few years, as we've uh, tried to to make our mark in audio, that uh, more and more people are, are seeing the potential in this world as well. Yeah. But yeah. Michael, you, you mentioned the the scope of the MCU, which leads us, I think, to the the other big pressing topic of this week, uh, and that was uh, last week's release of uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So it's been uh, a week now since uh, since we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, of of recording this episode, it's been three days, but. For those of you listening along, it's been out for a week uh, as of the day we released this episode. Uh, You know, we just recently put a blog post up uh, that had uh, both myself, Caleb, and Casey from uh, the uh, Super Pod Hero cast and Where No Mom Has Gone Before, kind of all of us having a group chat talking about, you know, basically questions that were left after uh, (laughs) after watching the film. And if you have not read that, um, make sure to do so. Just go to nightshiftradio.com, uh, click on our blog. Uh, it's right there. Um, 
which uh, I, I think it's uh, worth mentioning that reading this blog post is basically like a tiny glimpse into what it's like in the internal uh, chat at uh, Nightship Media Group. <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> uh, in this case, it was just the three of us because we all saw it at roughly the same time and just like had to start talking about it. But like these are the things that were like, okay, but but what about <laughs> like, like, why aren't we talking? So, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that we bring up in the blog post that uh, I think is really important is we talk about like, there were, a, there are a lot of multiversal events that happened over the past year um, mm -hmm. in the MCU, but it feels like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness pinned only the idea of there in the movie the, okay by the way this is a very spoiler this is a spoiler talk right we're going to yeah. talk spoilers if you have not seen the movie yet now is your time to pause this episode save it come back after uh spoilers if you don't care about spoilers first off why are you listening to the show we spoil every movie we review yeah. but it's been a week it's been a week so we are going to talk a little bit of spoilers but maybe not major ones my biggest complaint but also I'm grateful for, this is going to be a very conflicting um, uh, spiel. Go on. I am annoyed that, you know, the Illuminati comes in and they're like, Dr. Strange, you have messed with the multiverse because of not Spider-Man. They're no. not even mad about that. Nope. They were mad that he is uh, basically wanting to find this book, which is the antithesis of the Darkhold, which we know that Wanda has at the end of WandaVision. We know that she has a hold of it. That he is wanting to get this book in order to stop Wanda. And they're like, nope, that, that's bad. But like, they didn't talk about the spell he did with Spider-Man. That felt like a very big multiversal deal. Yeah. They're not talking about Wanda breaking the multiverse or jumping through the multiverse. She's sending demons across all different multiverses, basically chasing America Chavez. Mm -hmm. And they don't talk about the fact that Loki straight up, if anybody fucked up the multiverse the most, it was Loki. Like Loki is probably the most like uh, severe uh, effect on the multiverse. So, uh, to that point, I am 100% in agreement with you that the events of Loki seem to be the, like, most definitively impactful on the, the greater multiverse, uh, because we see, like, you know, they, they kill he who remains, they end the TVA, there's no one left to go and prune the deviant branches to maintain the, the one and only singular timeline, which means now that any future things are going to break shit we know that now yeah um would the illuminati know that like just any does like and this is a genuine question does anyone know what happened in loki well, anyone like even us like do we know yeah. well so that's the thing that's the thing that i think frustrates me the most is that and you know we we write about this in, in the blog post is that the creator and writer of loki wrote doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and he didn't even bring up his own fucking show no like that blew my mind and so here's here's where i'm like okay i kind of like this this that it happened the way it did in Doctor Strange is because, as an example, in the movie The Eternals, two two major world 
events happen. One, mm-hmm. we get the the you know the celestial being born out of Earth, like that becomes a whole huge news story. It's a huge deal that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, at the very end of the movie, we see a giant celestial show up in the sky. Everybody sees it. It's a really big deal. So like, why wasn't Doctor Strange? a part of that like why wouldn't he be a part of that sort of event that's a huge you know that's a huge worldly event conversely when wandavision attacks kamartage why isn't shang chi there right yeah like we know that he interacts with wong a lot you know mm-hmm. the very end of the movie he's in the sanctum with wong talking yeah. to captain marvel and and bruce banner about all of those things and it's just like where are those other char- like why aren't those other characters there but I like that in Doctor Strange, it's in another multiverse where seemingly those characters aren't, so they wouldn't know that those things are happening. But Loki, that affects everything because they say mm-hmm. the TVA monitors all things, so they would be in the in the universe with the Illuminati too, right? Uh, so like, <sighs> I don't know how I even feel about how like the multiverse works in the MCU anymore because right. the the uh, the Loki show gave us this idea that uh the universe will on its own will branch off into separate uh separate timelines separate universes separate basically will by its own nature become a multiverse without the interference of the TVA so the TVA maintains a single universe now that the TVA is gone branches begin happening so the like the multiverse only exists by that logic because they stopped the TVA. Right. So none of this stuff, like like everything that we see in the multiverse of madness only exists because of the events of Loki. But from the Illuminati's perspective, somehow it's only the events uh, that we see in What If in the episode where like, Strange is trying to find peace. He's trying to find happiness. Basically, he's trying to find a world where he can have Christine. Uh, and that Christine. is like, you know, like the 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 destruction that he rots uh, across the the various uh, multiverses uh, are what the Illuminati sees as the cause of all of this. And I just, and like, I'm not entirely sure that that can all be reconciled. And like you make a point in in the blog post, like why does this movie feel like why does this phase feel so disjointed? They're like there really are just very tenuous connections between WandaVision and Loki and What If and yeah, Far From Home and Multiverse of Madness. No connection whatsoever with Shang Chi and Eternals and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, and seemingly I mean, with Falcon and Winter Knight. Soldier might as well just be another fucking that like a completely di- that might as well be DC at this point. It was basically <laughs> an epilogue to Phase Three. Yeah, like it, pretty it's, much. It's released as Phase Four, but it's a, an epilogue to Phase Three. Much the same that it felt like um, uh, Black Widow basically was, were it not for the fact that it like breadcrumbs us into Hawkeye. Right. Yeah, because it just gives us the idea. Yeah, and and the Hawkeye is another great example. Is like. Hawkeye takes place in New York City. Where's mm-hmm. Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Like, Spider-Man's in New York City at this time. Mm-hmm. We know that the events of this happen... We know that Hawkeye happens after uh, before Spider-Man. 
or is it happening? Uh, I think the no. I think the way Spider Man happens <laughs> is that it happens at the end of Hawkeye because Hawkeye takes place over Christmas. Spider Man starts after Halloween. Mm. So I don't know where they line up, but like that's another thing that like in phase two, in phase one, in phase three, we knew that sort of stuff. Like you could say like this movie happens right in this moment. Yeah. Look, they're talking about it. The end credit scene directly linked to it. I'm starting to, th- you know, most of the phase four end credit scenes or even some of the phase three, I'm like, they're never going to talk about that again. Like no. the Eternals and- thing. Like, are we going to even talk about Black Knight or Blade? Because I, we don't have release dates. No. They didn't tie into anything else, you no. know? Like, I'm and just like, curious. I feel like so far, Phase 4, has, the only thing that it's tied together at all was bringing the the existence of the Defenders timeline into the MCU, yeah. which I'm happy about. I'm super stoked because I loved those shows. But, like, it's weird that it seems like the only effort they've done to how, like, to to build cohesion in this phase has been retroactive rather than with this block of of films and television yeah i so i'm very curious uh you know it's it's i feel like it's obvious to uh to me but maybe you know will be different i don't think i think thor love and thunder is going to feel like a continuation of thor ragnarok but it will not connect to the universe as a whole like i think it'll tie into guardians of the galaxy 3 i think it'll tie into thor 3 you know thor 3 will be beginning thor love and thunder guardians of the galaxy like that's going to be our bridge but for the rest of earthly things i don't think it's going to tie into the eternals at all i don't think it's going to tie into anything that happened in doctor strange i don't think it's going to tie into any of the shows like i feel like it's going to very much live on its own which is fine you know because obviously there's there's some sort of uh, multiverse thing happening, right? Because we see sure. uh, Jane Foster with the hammer. So, like, maybe there's some form of multiversal aspect happening, but we don't know. Um, I have I have two very important questions about, uh, speculative questions about Thor Love and Thunder. Sure, sure. First of all, will seeing sexy Thor again help cleanse the abomination that was Multiverse of Madness from our collective palettes? Yes. Uh, I think yes. Uh, from from what I've seen in the trailer, I think yes. Uh, two, will we see Beta Ray Bill? I don't think so because it's Gore the God Butcher and Zeus. Hmm. 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 So hmm. Hmm. we know we know that we're gonna see. Uh, does she go by Almighty Thor? Jane? Uh, I th- I don't know if they've specified what. Uh, well, I mean, in, in the comics, when oh, the, when in the they, comics, she's she's the Mighty Thor. Yep. Um. So, and, and we know we'll see Jane as Thor, which I think is fucking badass. It's fucking badass. I'm, I'm glad. I I just I'm curious if they'll like even as just like, and maybe that'll be like a post credit scene or something like that, or maybe that'll be some sort of nod to the multiverse in Thor: Love and Thunder that will get a glimpse of Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that'd be exciting. I mean, that comes out in what two months? That's July, so that's coming soon. But we have Miss Marvel in between that. But I don't oh think Miss Marvel's going to connect to anything other than Captain Marvel. I don't think we're going to see any <sighs> Hawkeye or any of that kind of stuff because she's New York too. I think, right? She is. I yeah. th- no, she's Jersey. Well, but she's Jersey. Yeah. Depending but, on who you ask, she's New York, but she's Jersey. Yeah. Um, I would love to see if nothing else from uh from a like a cinematic universe standpoint in uh, Ms. Marvel, because Ms. Marvel alone is enough for me. I fucking love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see the beginnings of, like, 
think back to the the first several uh, films of Phase One, the you know um, uh, Fury going around and collecting his Avengers for the initiative. I want to see the beginnings of something like that with Ms. Marvel, with um, uh, America Chavez, with Kate Bishop with uh riri williams because uh, i know we're gonna see iron heart sometime in the near future i fucking hope we get a live action squirrel girl like give us like I, all I would, of these young avengers characters yeah. like start breadcrumbing that together and i will forgive you for hiring sam raimi for a film i like, <laughs> i feel like if we i feel like two two people have to be in miss marvel if only in the last episode it's either Kate Bishop mm-hmm. or America Chavez. Like mm-hmm. those two, one of those two people has to be in it. Oh, actually three. Also, there has to be Squirrel. One of those three. So Squirrel Girl, America Chavez, or Kate Bishop. One of the three of them needs to walk into an episode. I don't even care if like they bump into each other and she's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then just da-da-da-da-da. They one of the three of them have to be in an episode, or I'll have considered it a failure. Not really. Let but. us not forget. Uh, that one, uh, Marvel has left us high and dry on the whereabouts of Laura Kinney since the ending of Logan, uh, X-23. Oh, yeah. yep. uh, we need to know about her. And also, uh, again, in the uh, New York area of the, the Marvel Universe, uh, we still have yet to see She-Hulk. Uh, and we yep. know that she's going to be there. And we know that Matt Murdock's going to be involved. Uh, so, you know, like some further tie-in to the the street-level heroes yeah. uh, in New York would be really interesting. Uh, even if it's like if, if Ms. Marvel breadcrumbs us into She-Hulk, which gives us a connection to Murdoch, and you know, maybe we get... Uh, you know, I, listen, I know that people hated... Uh, is the name Finn? Uh, Iron, uh, yeah, is, Iron, uh, Iron, Iron Fist. Yeah, I want a Heroes for Hire or Power Man and Iron Fist show so badly. Honestly, like, say what you will about the Iron Fist show itself. The moments that they got those two together, the chemistry was there. And yeah. <laughs> I want Luke Cage and Danny Rand together uh, yeah. as like fucking private eyes or like. Like heroes for hire, or like even like going full on superhero. Like I don't care what, give it to me. Give it to me. I need it. Yeah. Uh, so, so what did you guys think of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? If you've seen it, let us know. Tweet at us. You can hit us up at the Nahoit Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, or if you're feeling extra spicy, we are Media NSR over on uh, Twitter for our main account. That is the Night Shift Radio uh, Podcast Network account um definitely hit us up we would love to know what your thoughts were uh and of course you can always head uh to the night shift radio website and there's a contact form there send us a uh, send us a rant we'd love to hear it it. you want you want to try to sell us on why uh, dr strange in the multiverse of madness was good and how it fits i want to hear it i want to hear how you think yes it was a good movie and this is how it fit in the timeline and how it works because I'm confused. I know Caleb's confused, and I know Casey is confused as to how it fits. It doesn't make sense. Make it make Let, sense. Let's do this. Something we we haven't really done much of in the past. Let's commit to if if people reach out with with their opinions on uh, on this film and how it fits in, and you know your projections for what the future might look for. Uh, look to we with your permission, we'll read them on the show. Absolutely, read them on the show. Uh, So thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We have a brand new episode coming out this coming Sunday. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the movie uh, The Mandela Effect, uh, which you can watch on uh, places like Tubi TV and Pluto TV. 
um, uh, for free. Uh, so definitely check that one out. And that one is, it's about exactly what you think it is. It is about the Mandela effect uh, that people experience in things like, you know, the Berenstain and Berenstain bears and such like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be pretty interesting. So uh, if you have not subscribed, make sure to do that. And of course, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. As we all know, it's the least we can do. Minimum. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. And we will see you someday. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.